This is Frank Preaching, a podcast for preachers and people and whoever might be interested in listening to a sermon. This isn't the first time I've put a audio recording of my sermon out on the internet. If you go and look, you can find some other ones. But the first time I tried to put some production value into it, try to make it work, give it a little music at the beginning or something, something to make it just a little bit more poppy. So, um, take a listen, hopefully enjoy. And if you happen to be a preacher and might be interested in doing this same sort of thing with me, let me know. I'd love to have more than just me on this podcast. With that, um, yeah, God bless. Final scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Luke, chapter 22, Verses 24 through 34. A dispute also arose among them as to one, which one of them was to be regarded as the greatest. But he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those in authority over them called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, the greatest among you must become like the youngest, and the leader like one who serves. For who is greater? The one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in trials, and I confer unto you just as my Father has conferred on me a kingdom, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on the thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, listen. Satan has demanded to sift all you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your own faith may not fail, and you, when once you have turned your back, strengthen your brothers. And he said to to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the cock will not crow this day until you have denied me three times that you have known me. When you're a kid, what do you want more than anything? What is that one thing that you want oh so much? To be an adult. To be in charge. To have control over everything. And you remember what you were like when you were a kid. When I grow up, I'm going to eat breakfast, three meals a day. I'm going to have ice cream before my supper. And I'm going to drive wherever I want it. I'm not going to do any of this boring stuff ever again. We all said it when we were kids. I said it more than most, probably. But then what happens? You become an adult, and all of a sudden those responsibilities of being an adult come in like a freight train, and they start hitting you. And so as an adult, what do you want more than anything? To go back to being a kid and not have to deal with any of this stuff anymore. You don't want to be that great adult anymore. 
you want to go back to being a kid. Even so much that you don't want to make decisions anymore. I will tell you, I just don't like making decisions at all. I don't even want to choose where I go out to eat. Whereas when I was a kid, I had very, very strong opinions of where we should go to eat. Now I just don't even want to make that decision. Take me somewhere and I'll decide what I'm going to eat. As I read this passage, especially the first part, I couldn't help but think that the disciples here are trying to argue a desire that is very immature and very greedy. And Christ counters them that look at the people of the world who are great. How immature are they? How greedy are they? And I thought back to when I was a kid and the popular kids. Who were the popular kids? The bullies, the ones that loved to lord it over you that they had more friends or their parents had more money or whatever it is that made them popular. They were better looking when you got to high school. All of these things, they lorded it over you. And it didn't actually make them great. But by God, I wanted those things too. So badly, so badly. So immature and greedy were these desires. And I thought about why did I want to be that person? Why did I want to be that popular, great person? Even as an adult, we have these desires. We want to be seen as great by the world. And why do we want them? And we all have different reasons. But one thing that is in all of us is that we just don't quite understand what it truly means to be great. And I thought about what does it mean to actually be great? What does it mean to be the greatest? So I'll ask a really simple question. Who was the greatest human? Jesus, correct. Jesus was the greatest human. He was humanity in perfection. And what happened to Jesus? What happened his entire life? He was born of a poor carpenter or stonemason. I like using stonemason, but a, a poor laborer. And he completely poured himself out. He spent those last three years of his life in poverty, relying solely on other people's generosity. and giving himself, and pushing, and sacrificing. And how did all of this goodness end? With the people in charge hating him, and taking him outside the city, and killing him in the most humiliating, and difficult, and painful way possible. Christ was the greatest human and his life ended at the lowest. You could not be made lower in any way. Why would we want that? That's such a difficult thing. You want greatness, 
but you don't understand that greatness means giving everything. To be the greatest, you must become the least. You have to give everything that you are. Everything that you have, everything that you can possibly give, you must be completely poured out. And on that same token, you will likely be humiliated. You're going to pour yourself out and the world will look down at you because of it. You will gain no glory at all. To be the greatest really means to become the least on earth. And you cannot do it for yourself. If you are pouring yourself out for your own glory, it doesn't work. You can maybe get your own glory and be recognized and glorified on earth, but that does not make you great. If you are pouring yourself out for yourself, then you're pouring yourself into yourself. No, you must be completely poured out for the rest of the world, for your neighbors, your family, for people you hate. You must be poured out completely. Now, I don't think that it's incidents that this this conversation between Jesus and Peter happens immediately after they have this argument about greatness and who is the greatest. And so Christ knows what Peter's going to do, and he's like, Simon, please know that this is going to happen. You will turn back and you will become stronger, but you will have this moment of weakness and Peter is like, you know what? No, I am ready to go to the death for you. You can just tell Peter's got this fighter spirit. He's ready to go. He's ready to battle. And Jesus is like, you won't even make it through tonight being willing to sacrifice for me. Because like I said, Peter was willing to fight and die but he wasn't willing to sacrifice and die. You fight and die, you die in glory. There's a reason we glorify soldiers and warriors. There's a reason when we talk about King David, we talk about him being a warrior. But to just sacrifice yourself, to just say, this is my God and I give myself to this God, there is no glory in that. and There was going to be no glory that night. Peter was not going to be glorified by sacrificing himself. Like I said, there is no mistake in how the author placed this story. Because there is definitely this argument, and you know Peter was one of them, that said, I am the greatest disciple. I am ready to fight and die. And again, Jesus turns around and says, you won't even make it through the night. And he was right. We'll talk about this in a couple of weeks. But what happens when Peter is accused of knowing Christ? They're around the fire and they're like, you were with him. And he's like, no, 
I don't even know him. He is not strong enough at that point to sacrifice himself. He wants the glory. He doesn't actually want to be great. But he will. Peter will return and he will be stronger. And at the end of his life, he will choose a punishment more painful than Christ's to not take away from Christ's glory. He will sacrifice himself in a more painful way later. But this point, at this point here, he is not ready to give himself, to pour himself out. I've been kind of beating this dead horse of reflection on your brokenness, but I'm going to keep doing it because it's important this season of Lent. As we look at ourselves, as we look within, as we see the state of our souls, what kind of greatness do we want? Do we want the greatness that comes with glory? The greatness where people will cheer for us as we march through the parade? Or do we want the greatness that comes from sacrifice? The greatness that does not come with people cheering. It may come with people wanting to kill us. Do we want the greatness of the world or do we want the greatness of God? And I will tell you that no person wants the greatness of God without God's influence. Because I simply look to the life of Christ and the death of Christ, and I see nothing but pain and misery there. I mean, yes, they had laughs, they had their good times, but as a whole, his life of greatness was a life of pain and being poured out until the very end and dying as the lowest. No one naturally wants that. But that is what a radical faith truly looks like. A radical faith looks like pouring yourself out completely and being a sacrifice for the people around you and doing it for the world and for God and in a way that does not ensure your glory. To pour yourself out for others. That is what a radical faith looks like. And so the message here is not that we should be seeking greatness. Because then we make the same mistake that the disciples made. Because we're trying to build our own glory. No, the message here is that we should just pour ourselves out sacrifice of what we have and what we are and do it not for our glory but for someone else and for God just for the sake of doing it for that person and for God. So radically pour yourself out and be a sacrifice. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
Amen. Despite the background music, I know this one was a little bit heavy. I'm sorry I started the podcast in the middle of Lent. That's kind of how it happens. But I, hopefully you got something out of it. Hopefully Christ's word came through. God's word came through through my voice. And if you enjoyed it, please subscribe. I'm still working on getting it set up for RSS. But hopefully I'll be that'll all be ready soon. Um, and we're going to stick with SoundCloud just for a little bit. I don't know if I'm going to go pro. We'll see if anyone picks this up. But hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully that's something you want to listen to. Um, another one will be coming out in just a couple days. Uh, I plan to keep up with it weekly. So yeah, hopefully this is something that you might want to keep up with and I'll want to keep up with. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a blessed rest of your day. And keep on keeping on.